0: Well, hello there, Pi Tribe, and welcome back to another episode. I am so excited today to bring you a special guest, Jason Sircone. Jason's going to tell us more about himself in the episode, but first I would like to tell you how excited I am because of the content this subject is bringing to you today. As many of you know, this podcast series is dedicated to small business owners specifically service-based business owners who are looking to diversify their income with passive strategies. Part of creating a truly passive income strategy is creating the actual product that's passive, which we're going to get into more in these coming weeks. But the really important piece to the whole thing, the thing that makes it all come together, is an evergreen marketing strategy. And the reason that's important is because, as we all know, we can create a product or a service, a website, whatever it may be, but unless people know about it, unless traffic is driving to the that product or service, nothing is going to sell, right? Or very few will sell. As a result of that, a big piece of this series is evergreen marketing strategies. And that is why Jason Sircone is such a great guest because his focus is helping business owners leverage the power of podcasting without having their own podcast. Imagine being able to put yourself out into other people's audiences on an evergreen platform. And I really want to take a moment. I know Jason's going to dive into it more, but we've talked about it in the past as well. What makes podcasting evergreen? Well, folks, A, it's optimized for SEO. B, it lives forever. So when someone is searching, for example, today, how to become a podcast guest, so to speak, this episode may come up in their search, right? Because it's keyword optimized for that. Unlike social media strategies, which are kind of short-lived and you have to constantly be active on social media in order for it to really take hold. Podcasting is an evergreen strategy, and I'm so excited because he, Jason, in this episode, he really gives you the blueprint you need to get yourself on podcasts without having a podcast yourself. He's going to tell us exactly what steps we need to take to become marketable and a few awesome extras that can really make us stand out and be seen as a guest that people want to refer to their friends. because. Friends podcasting is a very close community, so we often know each other, we're referring guests to each other when we, you know, we develop these little circles, and I encourage you to listen to this episode because it's filled with amazing wisdom and good nuggets for you no matter where you are in your business. This is a great marketing strategy. All right, that's enough for me. <laughs> Let's dive in to today's episode. Hey, Pi Tribe, buckle up for a new episode of the Passive Income Examiner, the number one podcast for budding entrepreneurs and business owners looking to diversify their income with passive strategies. Welcome to Season 2, focused on building successful online businesses with evergreen marketing solutions. I'm your host, Lindsay Sutherland. Thanks for joining me. All right, folks, welcome back to another episode of the Passive Income Examiner. I am so excited to have an amazing guest with us, Jason Sircone. Jason, tell us a little bit about yourself. How, how did you get where you are?
1: Hi, Lindsay. Thanks for having me. Glad to be here with everybody today. I have been doing the podcasting thing for uh, pretty much actually about seven years now. I've been Starting my own shows and running my own shows, obviously, but then I got into helping others do the same. So I've been working with companies in regards to production and making sure they were producing quality content that would communicate with their audience and ultimately bring more eyes to what they were doing. And what I noticed as I was getting more and more into it over the years was podcast production is great. And if you have time to make a show, obviously there's so many benefits to it but it's a lot of work and the statistics of how many podcasts get started, but then fade away is very scary. And I know one of the big reasons for that is people just don't have the time or they're not fully aware of the time commitment that it takes. So I started looking at it from a different angle and I realized that the podcast guest is equally as important to the overall production of that show And as a podcast guest, you can make a tremendous impact on a new audience every time you go on a new show. And I started thinking, man, there's really a lot to this. So I started looking around and lo and behold, there were agencies all over the place that were helping people do this. So I felt like this is a great angle for for me to take as well. So I started doing that. And that's evolved into now I'm starting to work with people on the training aspect. What I really want professionals to understand is being a podcast guest is not just about turning on a microphone and talking. There's really a strategy behind it. And the more you get comfortable with telling your brand story, the better it's going to flow, the more results will come your way, but you have to be willing to get better at your craft and follow a strategy that's going to allow you to find success. So that's what I put most of my focus on now. And of course, I do my own show called Evolution of Brand, so I'm constantly connecting with people for networking purposes, learning so much about how brands grow, and I've been able to tie all that together in what I teach others.
0: That's an incredible story, and I love it. And what I especially love is how you're taking it to the next level by helping people establish their own campaign, so to speak, podcasting campaign, because... I I too have seen some of those companies that are helping people get their guesting and it's not necessarily very cost effective especially like you said if you don't have your brand strategy or your story ready to go mm. it would be a waste of time and energy and even money if you were to outsource that so let's let's unpack this a little bit first of all tell us just briefly you know what is the benefit largely leveraging somebody else's audience, but how how can we benefit from leveraging other people's audience and sharing our message and and do we have to have a podcast to do that or can any business owner do that? Those kinds of questions that I'm sure people are wondering.
1: That is a great question, and no, you do not need to have your own show. It is something that if you want to have your own podcast, it's a great thing to have, but understand upfront how much work goes into that. I've always told people anybody starting a podcast, you need to think about the guesting campaigns in regards to that as well, because it's a fantastic way to attract people to your show. And going out other podcasts means you're talking to podcast listeners. Doing campaigns on social media and through your website, through blogs, you name it. There's a number of different ways you can do it. And of course, it's all good for building presence and getting engagement. But Those people aren't necessarily podcast listeners. So the conversion of getting a person from Facebook over to your podcast is more difficult than going on another podcast and saying, I have a show, come listen to it. If the person loves what you have to say and they enjoy the cut of your jib, they're probably going to say, well, I listened to podcasts. This is another good one I can add to my rotation. I'm going to check it out. So you're converting the converted, so to speak, to steal a line from John Lee Dumas. So that's big for getting new people into your audience but for professionals looking to bolster their brand and network with other people in their space and reach people that are interested in what they're doing podcast guesting is so powerful because you're looking at an audience that wants to hear from people that have quality information about the subjects and the and the information that they're passionate about so if you can connect with that audience and do so in a way that you're compelling and engaging and you want, or those people want more from you, you can get so many positive results just by sitting down with someone, having a great conversation, talking about the subjects that you're passionate about, that you have information on, not selling, not trying to get someone to buy on the spot. That's not what this podcast platform is designed for. This platform is designed for storytelling. So if you get comfortable with your brand story, you can connect with that audience. And it doesn't even need to be a large audience. Sometimes people think they have to go on shows that have an audience of millions of people. In reality, you want to look for shows that are more specific to your mission and your message. It could be an audience of 100 people. If those 100 people were in your living room, You would do your best to make a major impact on that audience. So audience size isn't necessarily the biggest thing to pay attention to. It's more about the value that you can provide to an attentive audience that wants that value from you.
0: I love that. Definitely. Can you give us some examples of maybe a couple of case studies that you've had that you really helped somebody communicate their brand, even though it might have been to a small audience?
1: Absolutely. I I work with a client who works in diversity certification. And when I was looking for the right podcasts for her to be on, it wasn't so much, again, the larger audience. I was looking at podcasts that were delivering the right message because I knew if they were connecting with that audience, she's an energetic fireball. I knew she could join that show and, and make an impact as long as all of the content was relevant. And what I discovered along the way is not only did she make an impact on the audience, but the hosts of the show were also in need of her services. So it was like a bang, double bang for your buck where she would go on and impact the audience and bring more people into her circle. But she was also able to connect and, and have a great conversation with the hosts of the show who then in turn said, well, I need what you have to offer too. Let's talk about this off air. So she was getting results from both ends of the spectrum. And that's the kind of thing when I say looking for the right podcasts, if you're in marketing, for example, and you go on a show that talks about professional wrestling, chances are your message is not going to impact that audience. You might get a couple people that are wrestling fans that also work in marketing, but for the most part, that audience isn't there for that message. They're there because they want to hear about a a subject that they're passionate about. So it works the same in regards to what your profession is. There are podcasts for everything. As long as you're finding those shows and talking about your, your, your story and everything that you do within your brand, that's going to resonate with the right audience. And then in turn, they can come into your circle. And an important thing to remember is this is not the type of thing that's going to lead to instant results. Sometimes it will. But the goal is you get people into your circle of influence. So having a strong call to action when you're a guest, and I'm sure we're going to get into all this in more detail as you lay out a campaign, but having a a call to action that brings people into your circle and starts them off as a lead, just like any other platform would do for you. It's up to you to nurture them from that point on and make them aware of what you can do for them. So they go from lead to customer to advocate for your brand.
0: Yeah, you hit on something that has been one of my favorite things about podcasting, and that is connecting with people. Like, I think Mm. probably one of the most impactful parts of it has been the network that I've developed. And people who podcast are so down to earth. Of course, I'm talking about us, right?
1: (laughs) Yes. And I can agree 100%.
0: (laughs) But no, really, like, even, and it's cool too, because you get to meet some of the, the decision makers and the, the people who are leaders in their industry or leaders in their community or leaders in their, in their business in their company. And you're just really connected on a whole different level. Plus you get to express yourself. And I think that's where your, your brand message comes in. You really build up that authenticity.
1: So 100%.
0: Yeah. So let's, let's uh, dive into that a little bit. So first of all, let me just kind of I guess, recap. We're saying that anybody can be uh, run a campaign for podcast guesting. They could h- hire somebody to help them, or they could even do it themselves. They don't have to have a podcast with a lot of audience. The important thing is to find that their message is the one that's resonating with their most ideal clients, so to speak. Mm-hmm. And um, thirdly would be what What's the next step? Just as far as like moving through um, building out a campaign, what would be the the first action step that they might take?
1: Well, I would say, in regards to building a campaign, it really starts with optimization. and And that's what anybody I work with, that's what we deal with first, is making sure you're prepared to get the most from the platform. So setting realistic expectations and having goals of what you want to accomplish with your campaign. A lot of people come into podcasting thinking, well, I'm just going to go on the Joe Rogan experience and a million plus people are going to hear me today, and then that's going to solve all my problems. And it it does not work that way. First, it's very hard to get booked on a show like that, unless you are a celebrity with some clout. Second of all, even if they did book you, you're not talking to your target audience. You're talking to a very broad audience. So a lot of people come into it thinking that the large audience is the only way to go. And those are the shows I have to be on. So you have to recalibrate some of those expectations. And and that's where I say to people, listen, let's talk about you and, and what you do and what your message is. That message will then be applicable to this podcast, this podcast, this, and then you start doing research from there. So once you're optimized, once you're fully prepared, you understand the platform, you have all of the items that are needed that you would provide to a podcast, such as a media kit, and you have equipment, you know, you're not trying to do podcasts in your car from your phone with no microphone. If you're going to do it, you do it right. You don't have to break the bank to do it. But having all these items in place is really how I, I built, build the training program that I'm doing. And all of those items are incredibly important before you even embark upon the next step of finding shows to be on.
0: This episode is brought to you by Kajabi, the platform with a full suite of world-class online business tools working seamlessly together. I've been using Kajabi now for nearly a year, and I'm absolutely in love with this program. Prior to Kajabi, I was experimenting with other platforms, and so many of them were not user-friendly. They were difficult to get online pages to sync up with the cart or getting opt-ins and emails to be easily set up. I was beginning to dread the time it was going to take to set up a simple landing page. Honestly, I can say that since working with Kajabi, I have been extremely happy. I can't imagine leaving for any reason at this point, mainly because it saves me so much time and it doesn't give me a headache. Listen, I consider myself pretty tech savvy for the most part, but that doesn't mean that I wanna be a tech genius every time I wanna put together an offer. Kajabi makes it so simple to create online products and it gives me the tools I need. So my marketing is synchronized. I really can't say enough great things about Kajabi. If you click the link in the description, you will get a free 30-day trial with Kajabi on behalf of the Passive Income Examiner. So be sure to check out the description. Now back to the show.
1: Do you have podcasting questions? Are you looking for a community where you can learn and grow as a podcaster? Hi, I'm Greg, creator of Indie Drop-In Network. Join me and Jeff Townsend, AKA the Indie Podcast Father, on Twitter Spaces every Monday night at 9 p.m. Eastern for Podcasting Power Hour. Every week, we are joined by experts on different aspects of podcasting to help the community learn and grow as creators. We tackle questions from podcasters at every level. Just go to podcastingpowerhour.com for links to the space and to hear previous episodes. That's podcastingpowerhour.com. Once you're there, you start looking for shows that are right for your mission and your message. And there's some criteria such as, are they still producing shows? Do they accept guests? Is the sound quality good? Is the message good? Will I be a good fit? This is all part of the research process because there are some shows that you might get onto, like a pet peeve of mine. I don't like when I'm interrupted when I'm talking with a host because you can be right in the middle of making a point. But if the host doesn't understand the 80-20 rule and constantly jumps in and wants to interrupt, and and it's like, dude, you should have a solo podcast because you you like to talk, I can tell. (laughs) But if you are aware that that's happening, you could be prepared when you go on that show, or you could just say, I don't want to deal with this. And you move on to the next podcast. So research is incredibly important. Then the big part that so many people screw up is the presentation, the initial reach out, you have to actually put some TLC into how you connect with that podcast, because there's a method called spray and pray. And that works in a lot of different areas of the world does not work here because podcasters are getting pitched constantly to, hey, bring me on your show. I'd be really good. Okay, well, why would you be really good? I've got five other people over here that just said the same thing. Who Who do I know is the best of this little group? So be the person that stands out. Actually listen to some content before you reach out to them. Find out what the show is all about. Make sure you're a good fit. Find something in that content that's relatable to what you do. So when you reach out, you can say, hey, I just listened to episode six that had Joe Smith talking about X, Y, and Z. That's what I do every day. This is how I work with my clients. I feel like I could come on your show and talk about a message or talk in this similar fashion to that message and make a tremendous impact on your audience as well. If you're looking for new guests right now, I think I'd be a great fit, but let's talk about it more. And then that's how you get things started. So you're grabbing their attention right from the start. that's where a lot of people get thrown off is they just send an email thinking, well, I'm good. And they have a podcast. They're going to want me, but that's where the strategy comes in. So that's just getting the ball rolling. So once you do that, you get started in a positive way. You stand out, you have more of a chance to get more opportunities to be on a show. And then of course it builds from there.
0: Mm -hmm. Something too, that I, I think might be a false, like a myth, basically, that is kind of on to that point that you're making is the following, you know, your social media presence. I think a lot of people leverage that instead of their message. And I don't know that that's necessarily the right procedure to take, because like you said, this isn't necessarily just about growth. I mean, that's important too, but it's really about offering value because podcasts are, evergreen i mean they're gonna be out there in google land and people can find them and so having mm-hmm. that good content is what's going to benefit both parties it seems to me but i see that a lot is you know being pitched by oh i have an audience and so on and so on <laughs> that's why i thought you, I mentioned.
1: you hit it perfectly Lindsay. it's it's evergreen content that's out there that it can serve you for years down the road if you make a good impact. So you may come on a podcast today that may have 500 listeners or they get 500 downloads or whatever metric they're saying that they get. Down the road, that show could grow to 5,000, 50,000. You never know, but you're part of the catalog. And as it grows, as new listeners filter in, they're going to go back in that catalog and they're going to listen to other episodes that they had missed along the way. If your episode's a part of that, you have a chance again, way down the road. Don't there's no timetable on when this is going to to really blow up for you. But that's where I I, you know some people say, Well, this show is really small. I don't know if I want to be a part of it. Yes, you do. As long as all of the other criteria matches up. Again, if they're if you if they may do one show here and then you don't hear from them for three months and they do three shows and then they go away for you know, like that's a more of an issue with understanding their plan and that's not necessarily going to serve you because they may just throw in the towel and your podcast that you even or that you recorded may not see the light of day but if they have a good message their sound quality is good the host obviously cares about the content they're preparing for the interview that could serve you for many many years so don't disqualify that as a potential opportunity
0: man you're just full of good things (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> words of wisdom. I just love it.
1: Well, thank you. That, so, sometimes <laughs> that goes the opposite direction, but I'm going to take that as a compliment today. Thank you.
0: <laughs> well, you know, it's like everything you're saying is so spot on. And so beyond what people it's deeper than what people just think of initially. And I think that's, what's really awesome about our conversation is that I'm really loving how, um, how deep into it we're getting. I think it's beneficial because it's scary. I think a lot of people feel that trepidation of, oh dear, I'm going to reach out. And how do they reach out? I mean, some podcasts are really make it very obvious. If you want to be a guest, here's how right here. Others, you have mm. to fish <laughs> to find yeah, out, where right. you know, do you have any words of wisdom, like how to set them up to get over that fear of just reaching out? once they've done their initial research, I think that's something that could really stop people from actually taking action is like, oh my goodness, what am I going to say? What if they say no? And maybe there's some metrics that you've seen consistency, like, well, you know, if you pitch 10 podcasts, you'll probably get on so many. So they have a barometer for kind of what to expect.
1: There's no exact metric to it. I will say that Obviously, it's a numbers game, so you want to play the law of averages. The more shows that you reach out to, the more opportunities you could potentially get. But you could go on a run, and I've experienced this, where you reach out to 10 podcasts and you get one response. Then the next day, maybe you reach out to five more, but all five respond at some point. You know what I mean? Like, there's again finding shows in your niche and and that are related to your mission and your message is going to make this process much easier because once some because some of these people don't look at their messages for a week two weeks a month some of them are so far ahead in their production schedule they don't even think about it now that's you know I, I like to communicate directly if i get a message about being on my podcast even if it's a no i'd rather just be up front so i don't think you're a fit but at least they know so it's not lingering and that's something that a that's not just a podcasting problem. That's a first world problem. People unable to respond to an email to give someone a, a yes or a no to go back to your uh, original point, Lindsay. I think that the biggest hurdle you have to overcome is the worst they can say is no big deal. you move. You're going to move on and you're going to reach out to multiple podcasts. If they say no, they say no, but Follow a certain template. And this is something that I cover in my training program, something people can pick up on my website. It's basically laying out a a presentation when you reach out to these podcasters that shows value in you, but also shows that you're going to value being a part of their ecosystem. So when you reach out, you're not just saying, Hey, I'm really good at this and I can talk about this. I think you should bring me on. It goes deeper than that. It actually shows that you've listened to some content. And I genuinely, do that. Don't just say you did it. Because in the research process, learning about what their show is about is going to be a telltale sign of whether you want to go on and talk to that audience. But lay out everything from top to bottom as to how you're going to share that content once it goes live, how you're going to leave them a written review once you do the interview. As a podcaster, I know firsthand that can be one of the most frustrating things in the world is getting a review. Some people just don't want to take that extra minute to drop a five-star rating and a positive review if they were really impacted, probably not fully realizing how important that is to a podcast discoverability. And I know I stress it every week on my show. Please check it out. Just if you're into this, not begging you to do it just to help me. If you're truly being impacted, go leave a review because it's going to impact everyone else. Plus it's going to let someone know if they should listen. That's how this show grows. That's something you can do to support the show. Coming on as a valued guest who's also going to do that and talk about their experience and do anything they can to promote their time on that show is huge. And so I would say to anybody that's saying they're not going to reach out because they're worried about getting a no, do not worry about it. Present value from the very top right through the end of your presentation and getting in front of these people, if they don't think you're the right fit, no big deal. Move on to the next one, but don't sell yourself short because you think you might get a no in response.
0: Yeah. That's really great advice. Actually a good reminder. Honestly, I've probably could do better. In fact, I'm like now motivated to go back over the year and anybody I've been on their show, which, you know, Probably has been a few. I know I've left some reviews, but I could be more intentional about that. It's it's easy to finish getting off the show and go. Okay, well that's done, you know, and then you move on. So yeah. making sure you have that in like your checklist or whatnot, go back and leave them a review mm-hmm. is really cool. I like that. Um, okay, I have one last question for you that you talked about in your in your pre. I don't know the the worksheet that I had you fill out for for getting on the show, and it really caught my attention. And I'm hoping that. Um, It's as good as it seems like it will be. Okay. Like there's the setup, right? Um, So you said, why are downloaded numbers a skewed vanity metric? I want to talk about that because I (laughs) see that all the time. Like, oh, you know, even, you know, people who've listened to my show know I hired a podcasting coach before I got started, right? I was taking this very seriously and I wanted to. uh, She talked about pitching. And she talked about pitching to a specific audience that has a certain number of downloads. Like you don't want to go too high. You don't want to go too low. There's a sweet spot and so on. It's something all podcasters talk about. We ruminate over these numbers, right? So why is this a vanity metric? I just cannot wait to hear this.
1: (laughs) (laughs) How much time do we have left? Now, I will say, honestly, it's a vanity metric because what a download number delivers to you is not it does not equate to a listen. If I'm subscribed to your show, when you release new content, that's automatically going to feed to my device. So I'll have it on my phone. I'll have it on my iPad, whatever. If I'm subscribed to 25 podcasts, anytime they produce new content, that's going to filter in. It doesn't mean that I'm listening to that show right away. And I know that I'm guilty of this. I have several shows that I just haven't got to that content yet, but it's there. I'll get to it when I'm good and ready. And that's the beauty of on-demand content. But you get this this number that comes to you that says you got X amount of downloads. How do you know that people actually listen to that content? Maybe they're just overloaded with content that got downloaded on their phone and they're running out of space. Well, I got to delete some stuff. I'm getting rid of these ones. You got credit for that as a download, but that person didn't listen. So they really didn't get the impact and the value that you were delivering. So that's one of the reasons. The second to me is when people go on to social media and say they've got 50,000 downloads and that's why you should be listening to my show. No, I don't care how many downloads you have. I'm going to listen to your show if it gives value to me and my world. And I can usually judge that after a couple episodes and I can... As I do research, I can look through the content that you've already produced. It doesn't matter to me how many others have listened. I'm in this for myself to find out exactly if I want to be a part of this show for future episodes. So, it doesn't matter if 50,000 other people really loved it. It was only it only really comes down to me and if it impacts me. So, that that's another part of it. The biggest reason I get so fired up about the download metric is the fact that a, it's not the be all end all that makes you think your podcast is good or bad. And I feel like the fact that some people are out there saying it is, is why so many podcasters walk away from their show too soon. Now, the average podcast goes dark after seven episodes, seven. It's absurd. That is you, what, what are you really going to write? And you really haven't even discovered what your show can be all about. and No one is figuring that, that out in seven episodes. I mean, the only time that that is acceptable to me is if you're saying, okay, I'm going to make this little mini series and it's seven episodes long. That's it. But that's very rare. Some people, again, they get overwhelmed by the work that's involved, but they might say, man, I'm doing all this work and I've only got 10 downloads. I've only got 30 downloads. Like that's just not worth it to me. To which I always turn it and say, if those 30 people came to your house and you had them in your living room, and you had an opportunity to impact all 30 of those people, would you do it? Or would you look past those 30 people that showed up and look at the others that haven't shown up yet saying, where is everybody? Why aren't they here? If you're not answering the former and saying, yep, I've got these people in front of me, I'm going to make sure I do my damnedest to give them value every single time they turn on their podcast app, you're not doing your job. And you're in it for the wrong reasons. So don't ever look past the people that are coming to you and listening and saying they want more from you to the people that haven't arrived yet. Mm-hmm. If you keep creating valuable content, the 30 people that are listening are all going to recommend you to one person. That's the goal. And that's what I always tell everybody when they listen to my show, any podcaster that's starting out, say, recommend, make your show recommendable. Find... A listener that loves what you do that was willing to tell one other person. Now your thirty is sixty, and your sixty will become one hundred and twenty, and that's our that's today's math lesson. I'm not going to go any further, <laughs> but the growth starts from there. You have to start somewhere, and I think when people think their download numbers are low, they think they're not creating value, so they walk away from their show and they never truly tapped into what could have been something tremendous and I'll end with this, when you walk away too soon, you're not honing your craft. You're not learning how to be a good podcast host. And this works in reverse too. If you're only willing to go on shows that have, that, or that you know quote unquote, say they have 50,000 downloads, you're not getting better as an interview. You can't hone your skills as a person that tells their story just because you're being so selective, it takes opportunities away from you. Download numbers are they serve a purpose. Don't get me wrong. But I try to bring this part of it to light so people can understand that it's not the only metric that matters. And I feel like too often in podcasting, we're told that it is. And I don't buy that at all.
0: Yeah, that was Hope great. I, I love question. it. <laughs> <laughs> and well, and the, uh, the, when you told me about the seven episodes, I mean, my face was just like, What? I can't even believe that. But I think that goes back to those expectations. If you're going to get into podcasting, what are your expectations? If you're imagining launching and just having this like, oh, we got a thousand downloads our first week. I mean, that's not realistic. And more importantly, even if that is your expectation and you fail, then the question shouldn't be, is this worth it? It should be, what do I need to do to make a more shareable show? I mean, just the, right. that's just to me. That's the next question. <laughs> oh, you're
1: one hundred percent right. Now I oh, look I at know. my show as, and, and that you know, to add to what I was saying about the download numbers, I think a lot of the issues that arise from podcasters walking away too early is not looking at all of the valuable things that come from having a podcast. The ability to connect with people that are like minded, that share your passions, you get to have a conversation with that person. Or with those types of people anytime you're producing a new show, mm-hmm. if you're truly passionate about what you say you are, getting the opportunity to do that and then project it out to the world I'm sitting in my little studio right now and this message can go worldwide that's the world we live in now. How cool is that
0: it is so so start cool.
1: thinking about right like start thinking about new ways to appreciate what you're doing in regards to the content that you create you know like to piggyback on the vanity metric thing. People will put content on Instagram. Only 10 people liked my photo. Well, okay. But that went worldwide. It has the potential to go worldwide. If you stop now, you'll never know if you can tap into that potential. So keep going, keep creating valuable content. You can't control the number of people that respond to today's post or today's podcast, but you can respond to the value of that content. And if it continues to come out in a consistent fashion, and it's valuable to people, more people will find it over time. So don't think it all has to happen today. Mm -hmm. Let things unfold. Get better at what you do. I mean, I look back in the first podcast interview I did. I was terrible. I look back in the first podcast I hosted. I was awful, but I committed to getting better. So seven years later, I can say, I think I do this pretty well. And here we are.
0: Yeah. I want you guys
1: judge that for yourself. You're
0: doing great. (laughs) That's my opinion. thank
1: you. Appreciate it. <laughs>
0: All right. So, so tell us how can people find you? And, um, you know, if you have any special goodies for anybody listening,
1: absolutely connect with me at slash passive income podcast. And I'm going to provide you with uh, the ability to get my guide 10 tips for becoming a valuable, fully optimized podcast guest. So I put together these tips and it's really something that can create a framework for how you would carry out your campaign. So I've got some just some some basic tips and strategies to keep in mind. I have uh the template that I mentioned before about how you would present yourself to another podcast. That's included. And then there's also some checklists to make sure you're doing things right as you go through your campaign. Can and you I'll have some social that- media links there. So sorry, sorry, I didn't
0: mean to interrupt you. I thought you were done. <laughs> Do you have- oh it's okay? That template, like, do you have a template included in that for how they can pitch themselves? Is there some sort of um, guidance in that?
1: Yes. Yeah. The template breaks down what the email would look like. Obviously, it's I, I did a very broad generic example of if I was going on to a financial advisor podcast. So you would ne- obviously need to tweak the content for you, but it just gives a rundown of what it should look like and, and items that you should include. So you stand out when people read that presentation.
0: Perfect. Awesome. All right, guys, go check him out. We'll make sure to obviously link everything in the description below. Sounds great. Do you have any last little bits of wisdom or?
1: No, Lindsay, I appreciate you having me on. and I'll say for all the listeners out there taking in this content, Lindsay does a great job with putting things together and looking for quality guests. So the best way you can support her is to jump over to your Apple podcast app. And leave a nice review. As I said before, reviews really do help the discoverability of podcasts. And any podcaster that is taking the time to put quality content out there for you, appreciate you taking the time to do that. So
0: thank you. Again, Lindsay, thank
1: you for giving me the time to, to talk to everybody today. It's been great.
0: I'm so grateful to have you here. Thank you for joining. If you like mommy so, leave a review. Thank you so much for being a loyal listener. I am truly grateful for you. And if this podcast has inspired you in any way, head over to iTunes and leave a written review. I would appreciate it so much. Thanks for tuning in and thanks for helping to spread the word by sharing this show with your friends.